Welcome to the Property Portfolio Podcast with Mark Stokes and Nigel Green. Every week we inspire and guide you towards success in the world of property development, mentorship and fundraising. Before we jump into today's episode, a reminder to join us at equacademy.co.uk where you can gain free access to hundreds of videos and templates to help you on your property development journey. My name is Nigel Green. Um, I just want to talk to you a little bit about analysing deals and, and best practice in terms of once you've found that opportunity to analyse it uh, and with an assurance that you're following you know, best practice, a good methodology that is supported by the Royal Institute of Charter Surveyors. So with no further ado, we'll, we'll get into the presentation. So a little bit about myself. Um, so I, I've spent uh, 28 years um, in the corporate world. Um, predominantly around business, uh, but my discipline is uh, construction and engineering. That's that's what I uh, am trained for and have done over that, that period of time, thankfully, during the same period. Um, and it was really driven by uh, a little bit of an inherent distrust of pensions. I, I decided that as I could save my, my pennies and if I was fortunate enough to get a bonus, I would I put the money into uh, building a property portfolio and, and I, I started that and I, I derived that over a parallel period uh, over 23 years uh, while I was in the corporate world. Um, thankfully, the, the portfolio um, and, and some other uh, situations allowed me to retire from the corporate world in, in March 15, which was great, and then uh, got very bored very quick. So we we moved very swiftly into, and, and with Mark and a couple of other colleagues, we um, we co-founded Equigroup, which is our development business. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about, more about Equigroup in a minute. Um, also the Equi Academy, this is kind of our giving back piece, um, just where we can share our knowledge and support individuals, businesses, um, you know, to mentor them, guide them through their journey to achieve just some amazing, amazing stories that, uh, you know, the Academy can share. Um, Mark and myself, we we really enjoy this. It's um, We kind of put one out every week. It's a podcast. So the Property Portfolio Podcast, where we just talk about our, our experiences, our life, you know, um, different subject every week, you know, and it's, it's, it's to the gritty detail. And, and if you fancy joining us, please subscribe. And, and I think finally, you know, I've, I'm also a chapter author in a couple of books uh, that Mark's um, co-written, uh, SAS Superstars, um, just really the utilisation of our, our pensions uh, and also advice to younger selves. So that's, uh, there's a couple of things. Um, in terms of the corporate world, um very much driven towards heavy engineering uh, within the telecoms industry. So, you know, building enormous data spaces, technical data spaces all over Europe. Um, You know, in some cases, up to a million square foot of data space, but hugely resilient. Outages were just never discussed, could never happen. You know, these these facilities had so much resilience. So if there there was a failure in one part of the building, something else would pick up and, you know, the generators would kick in. UPSs would support the power because, you know, the data centers, as we know them today, are supporting internet, you know, bank trading, you know, all around the world and just so critical, absolutely mission critical, really, in terms of the deployment. Towards the latter part of um, my corporate career, I started to move into more of a renewable power station 
um, environment, which was hugely interesting, um, you know, generating power stations, that the raw material was probably, uh, you know, waste wood, these so, sort of things, you know, processed, um, you know, through gasification into boilers and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, really interesting. But nonetheless, everything has to come to an end. So moving out of the corporate into, um, um, you know, forming Equa Group and other, other companies as well, you know, we're into over the last six uh, six years, we're up to about, about 75, 80 million of GDV um, as part of what we've done, what we're doing and, and in terms of the pipeline. Um, you know, some, some great examples of commercial conversion, some land deals, uh, some mixed use where we've got commercial and resi mixed together. Um, you know, and that's, you know, we, we thoroughly enjoy that, that side of uh, the industry and uh, long may it continue for sure. The Echo Academy again, the giving back piece, you know, we just just love that connection and, and you know, the group in the academy are just amazing. Some of the things they've done is just incredible in very short periods of time as well, which is just fantastic. You know, some of the activities are life changing. So many case studies of people that have, uh, have joined us, we've guided them, helped them, you know, it's changed their lives. You know, they, they can now fulfill their dreams every day rather than having to go to work and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, some lovely stories there. But when we get back to analysing the deal, um, you know, I, I think there's a formula. There's a formula here I think we need to talk about. And, and, and this is my formula in terms of uh, analysing. So I'll come back to each and every one of them, but in essence, we've got a gross development value okay so the gross development value essentially is the overall value that you're going to derive from your development once complete okay so whether that's whether that's the land deal you know and you're going to build houses whether it's a commercial conversion whether it's the combination of the two whatever that end value is when you've sold everything to the market you know what is that value and we need to to derive that right at the front end. So that's the GDV. We then take off that GDV, the costs. Now the costs, there's multiple costs, um, including build costs. You know, we've got to convert it from what it is to what it needs to be. We've got professional fees and costs. You know, we've got the obvious things like the, the solicitor's fees. You know, we've got things like surveys that need to be done, stamp duty. Mustn't forget stamp duty. You know, we've got maybe lenders' costs to consider. We've got design fees. We've got all these these costs that need to be analysed. You know, around the deal that you're looking at. Um, you know, things like local authority fees as well. SIL section 106. These sorts of costs need to go into the analyzer right at the front end. We've got our costs of funds. So we're going to bring lending into this scheme. We're going to use the banks, development finance, some other methods maybe. You know, that will have a cost to it. We need to consider it. We need to profile it. We need to profile it over the term and just get a, a better understanding of what that cost could look like. And then there's an exit. So this is a cost of sale. So, you know, we can speak to people in that location, maybe the residential agents, um, and understand you know, how much it would cost for them to support you in the sale of the asset. So there, there's the cost. There's another cost. It's a big one. And it's, it's the land value. So some people call it the purchase price. So this is what you're buying. This is what you're buying in the first instance. Is it a plot of land with nothing on it? Is it a plot of land with planning? Is it a plot of land with a building on it with no planning or with planning? 
you know, that is what we term the land value. So deducting that off, we end up with a development profit. Now, this profit, you know, has to sit within certain parameters because obviously we've got funders in here. Funders want to make sure that developments on paper are making a good profit. Really, really important. So if we take and we think about a methodology and a sequence of this process. So number one, if you can just imagine we've the inbox is starting to fill up. We're using the techniques. We've established exactly what our search criteria. We've started to network with the, the local agents. We've done our direct mailing, you know, via, via the platforms that we've, uh, we've seen today. We've done our direct. We're starting to get a feedback. We're starting to get feedback, an opportunity. Now, those emails, they drop into your, your inbox. And the first one could be just a plot of land. No planning, just a plot of land. To the other end of the scale where an opportunity could drop in, where the vendor has probably spent a couple of years getting planning, let's say. So the opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, is to buy whatever it is with planning permission. Now, the two ends of the, ends of the scale are quite and very different. If we take the latter, so... This is a building with planning permission. It's very clear. We've got access to all the drawings. We can see exactly what the scheme is. I mean, you can change it, but you're going to have to go back into planning. But nonetheless, we can see what the scheme is. And, and essentially, the exercise is to do a takeoff of those drawings, take off if it's a, a commercial conversion, let's say, to flats. We're going to take off all the flats, flat one to whatever it is. You know, generally, and thank goodness, the architect put sizes on the drawings as well in terms of the flat sizes, so we can extract that detail. We can extract the detail in terms of where those units are in the building as well. You know, it might be on the ground floor, mid floor, or top floor. You know, from time to time, they command a different price. You know, a penthouse looking over the city versus a ground floor flat may command a different price. So let's extract that out and put the detail in. You know, some, some of these assets, some of these units may have balconies, maybe south-facing, may have, maybe have amenity space. All these sort of assets, you know, bits and pieces need to go into your analysis, and we're extracting the data out of the information that's been presented. The other end of the scale is it might be a, you know, a direct-to-vendor mailing campaign, and somebody's just put their hand up and said, look, I've got a plot of land. If, you, if you're interested in taking an option or doing something on it, you know, kind of fill your boots. Now, from that perspective, that's a very different proposition. The outturn's the same, but the proposition is we've got to do a little bit more work because what we need to do is understand what I term the art of the possible is around that plot of land or around that building or around whatever it is that hasn't got planning. So this is where you can either use your own experience, you can bring in the experience of others, you know, planning consultants, architects, just to kind of do a bit of a, a space planning exercise for you. You know, it's great to just pop onto maybe the local portals as well in that location. And when I, when I refer to the portals, that's the planning portals, to see if there's any similar schemes up and down the road, the next street along, you know, these sort of things. And just, just get a feeling for what the local officers the planning officers have accepted or also more importantly, probably have declined. <laughs> and that could be in terms of density, 
orientation, mix of units, maybe one, two beds, maybe that you know you see consistency across what's been approved, maybe into a three bed, these sort of things. So it's just understanding what those assets are. But nonetheless, we want to get it all extracted into your development analyzer, okay, from a from a GDV perspective. So how do how do we value these things? You know, once we've got it all extracted, we need to get some numbers in. So we tend to work on a, a low to high range. The reason we do that is because probably the answer is somewhere in the middle. Um, we tend to negotiate our land deals based on the low range of GDV, and then we drive the project and the project team to achieve the high range of GDV. That's our policy. So in terms of how we find the low range, okay, so what we're looking for essentially, and we saw um, just, just previously, it's, it's all about the pound per square foot, pound per square metre, you know, that can be derived from a finished product in that location. So what would I do, um, you know, using various platforms as well, um, you know, we'll, we'll go to market. They're, they're all pulling data from land registry generally. So it's all, it's all public data. And what I'm looking for, I'm looking for sole comparables, okay? And comparables that are representative of the scheme that we are intending to build. So those sole comparables... Um, I'm going to go off and I'm going to find the data. I'm, going to, I'm probably going to go no older than 12 months and probably no further than quarter of a mile from the postcode where our development is. I'm going to extract the data. I'm going to pull across all the addresses of these sole comparables to representative and pull them into a spreadsheet. And again, I've got another tab where I pull all that information into. I'm going to put all of the the pound per square foot data in, and, and you can find that out. It's just a simple calculation, um, understanding the size of the units, you know, obviously, and then we'll, we, we understand the, the, the sold prices and we just do a calculation between the two, which will give us pound per square foot, pound per square meter. And I'll generally take an average. I'll take an average of that position. Now, whatever that number is, I'll then put that into my low range. Okay, so by doing that, I'm spinning out then the actual low range you know, in pounds and pence, the values for each of the units, which totals at the bottom of my sheet. When we look at the high range, so the high range is derived from a slightly different method. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go out to market. I'm going to contact four, maybe five local estate agents. I'm going to, I'm going to send them a lot of data, you know, to, to fully inform them in terms of what the scheme is. I'm going to send some drawings. I'm going to probably do an extract to my development analyzer sheet, send it to them, have a chat on the phone, talk to them about it. This is why it's relevant to put onto your um, development analyzer the specific details around maybe whether it's got a balcony or it's got a parking space or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because the, you know, the local agents need that data to be able to then put a fair valuation in terms of the finished product. You won't be surprised to hear that when we're talking to estate agents about a new product in the future, there tends to be a half, you know, it tends to be a pint half full approach. So it tends to be quite optimistic. Whereas when you're talking about, um, you know, historic data, what's happened in the past, you can derive obviously the low range, which is probably a pint half empty approach. So that's how we create the ranges. So once we've once we've done the uh, the gross development value, we'll turn our attention very quickly onto the build costs. 
You know, we've locked in all that, all that data. We know all the sizes. We know what we need to build. We've got an understanding of all the costs, sorry, all the, all the values, et cetera, in the GDV, straight on to build costs. So how do we derive the build costs? I mean, there's, there's a number of ways. There's a number of ways, either from your historic data, you know, of what you've built sites similar to this for. You can use a QS, as we do. You know, to do a full detailed cost plan, you know, in terms of using, again, market data, very relevant to today. Um, or you could even take a couple of builders around with you, you know, and just, just pull the information from those individuals of sites that they've done or are doing at the moment in terms of a pound per square foot or a pound per square meter cost for delivering the product that we're looking to deliver. The professional fees and costs, I mean, we, we find that from time to time we check in with all the parties, but typically a, a lot of the professionals charge fees based upon percentage. And it could be a percentage of the overall bill budget. It could be a percentage of maybe the, the purchase price, however that's derived, these sort of things. So right at the outset, you just spend a bit of time you know, speaking to all the professionals, getting all the, the data in, understanding their charging mechanism, and then populate your sheet accordingly. So that you know every single deal you look at is automatically recalculating what their fees will be. But as I say, I would really check in from time to time, maybe every six months with them, just to check the prices haven't gone up, all these sort of things. But that's how we're going to derive the professional fees and costs. The local authority can support in terms of SIL payments. It tends to be a, a specific rate, uh, depending on the location where it is in that particular town or city. Uh, but again, the, the planning department with a phone call can support you in that, uh, in that detail. When we, when we need to derive the cost of funds, as I, I mentioned earlier, we, we profile the costs. So it tends to be what we term a bathtub curve, bathtub curve. So probably everybody's familiar with a roll-top bath. Um, if you were to slice that, that bath right down the centre, um, that's the profile we would put in. So we would, we would start the drawdowns of the funding quite low and then towards the the middle of the project, it would accelerate up, you know, bigger drawdown payments coming from the, the development finance lender. And then right at the top, it would probably just, just pop off and that creates the, the top of the, uh, the bathtub curve. And cost of sales. So, you know, maybe when you're deriving your, your high range, um, you know, from, um, from the local agents on your GDV, you might want to ask them. And by the way, <clears throat> you know, how much would you charge to support us in the sale of our assets at the at the end of this process and see what they say it tends to be between one and one and a half percent of, uh, of the final figure so then we're left with a couple of things we're left with development profit and we're left with the land value now these sit almost on a bit of a seesaw with each other having spoken to your commercial broker who is probably absolutely directly connected with the the lending market we need we need to understand what the market wants you to deliver within this project is it 20% profit is it 25 is it 30% or before tax etc but what is it we need to understand that because when we put the land value in based upon the gross development value less the build cost less the land value all you're left with is the profit and that profit as a percentage of the cost needs to sit within a parameter that's fundable. And the only way we can derive that is understanding very, very clearly what that parameter is. 
So speak to your broker, um, understand what parameter you're, you're aiming at, and then that's got to be locked into Memory Plus when you're, you know, you're analysing any particular deal. And it, it, it won't be a surprise to you, but as we, as we increase the land value, the development profit drops. As we decrease the land value, the profit development rises. So you can see how these, these two elements are very, very closely linked. So if you if you're need to hit 20%, but you might be £100,000 off the asking price, but you know the only way you're going to get to 20% is by offering £100,000 less, that's the value to you. Okay, Because if you offer any more, you're running the risk of this project not being fundable, and that becomes clearly a problem. All of this information goes into our Equa IDA. If you're interested in having a look around it, just pop on to equacademy.co.uk and there's, there's some more detail there for you. But in terms of the IDA, it's an investment development analyzer. Um, all the, the GDV information goes into the center box, the costs go to the side, and then it does the analysis and brings in funding, brings in, uh, also calculates your private capital, does a number of cash flow scenarios. So it's cash flowing all the way through to the end of the development. It'll even look and analyze your VAT returns as well, because the, the development funders don't pay for VAT, but you have to pay VAT. Okay. So there's always going to be an imbalance of cash and it'll look at it. And if there's a problem, it'll just ask you to put a little bit more of a top up in the private capital side of things. So that's our IDA, Equa IDA, Investment Development Analyzer. I think this process really, I mean, the you probably saw there we were at version 60.1. I mean, we started doing the version control probably about two years ago, to be honest, but maybe three years ago. Um, so we've had we've had 60 iterations since then. And that sounds quite a lot, but but what the IDA does, it's our central point of receiving and sucking in data. Um uh, good, bad, or indifferent from our development sites, from legislation changes, from the market per se. This is the point that it all comes into the DA. So, of course, when you turn the handle on the next deal and you do another analysis, you're picking all of this learning up. And that's why we're into version 60. It's 60.1. It just did a, a very, very slight amendment, uh, more, more narrative than actual functionality. So that's why I went to the point one. But I think what we're trying to do here, we're trying to anticipate and simulate, you know, what the, the bank's value is going to be looking for, uh, what the bank's monitoring surveyor is going to be looking for, the QS, you know, that's going to be monitoring the costs. Because they're going to receive it, they're going to be receiving this data and they're going to be asking questions and they're going to be doing their own analysis. They're going to be following a, um, a prescribed Royal Institute Charter Surveyor's methodology evaluation. And this is what we do. So we're anticipating, we're simulating actually through the eyes of other parties to get to this position. And I think that's really, really important to, to say. And also, I think to add to that, you know, we spoke about GDV, we spoke about speaking to 
um, you know, the local residential agents. We spoke about, um, you know, the solicitors, et cetera, et cetera. What I, what I would want you to do and what we certainly do is build an evidence file. So for each project, you know, there's a, we, we use a Dropbox, but it could be a physical file. But to put all the evidence in there that justifies and supports every single number that you've got in your development analyzer. So that if ever questioned, ever questioned, you've got the substantiation that sits behind it, which is really, really important. So if you fancy joining our community, as I say, we've got the Property Development Investment Facebook group. Uh, just come and join us. The Property Portfolio Podcast. If you fancy having to listen to us on a periodic basis, just, just jump in there. The books um, are all referred to there in the Academy. Please, uh, please come and see us. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Property Portfolio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode and that it inspired you on the next leg of your journey. If you've got any questions or comments, why not reach out to us at our Facebook page, Equa Academy. Also, don't forget to register for free access to hundreds of property development videos and templates over at equaacademy.co.uk and we'll see you in next week's episode. Thank you.